we are going to have an incredible year. Incredible year. Incredible year. You know, some people think, you know, people are, it's a prophetic word when you start, in the name of Jesus. No, we prophesy all the time. All the time. Everything you say is a word to be fulfilled. It'll either be fulfilled by the enemy. Anybody want that one this year? No. Or it'll be fulfilled by your flesh. Anybody want that one this year? No. Or it can be fulfilled by the Spirit of God. We want that one. That's the one we want. That's the one we want. We've started a series. I sneakily started it on December the 5th. Sneakily. Sneaky, sneaky. And um, it was sort of an introduction to what I'm kicking off today, really. So my notes, this is part two, but you might want to see it as part one. And it's a series called, a series called Blessed and Highly Favoured. It'll be boom. And this is, it is us celebrating 25 years of Citygate Church. And it's important to give glory and honor where glory and honor are due. Amen? Amen. It's really, really important. Because that which you honor will honor you back. God says, if you honor me, I will honor you. And that's the principle. If you honor something that's going to kill you, it'll honor you back with death. If you honor something that'll compromise you, it'll honor you back with compromise. That which you honor will honor you back. And we covered this actually in the, the last message I preached, apart from the Christmas Day thoughts, but the last message I preached was honoring God first last year. That was the 19th of uh, December. If you haven't heard that, I know a lot of people were away. It was Christmas, and then we had the evening carol services and uh, Christmas concerts. Can I just say, they were awesome. They were so good. Thank you to everybody who worked hard and turned this place upside down. The media team, of course, and the band and the items, and the, but also all the stewards and the, just, just everybody. Kids church workers who made that happen. Absolutely brilliant. Of course, we have Michael Buble here, which absolutely made it for me. Absolutely made it for me. But um, the last thing I preached, if you've not heard that message from December the 19th, it goes online today. Today. Because we always put it the next one out. So we did Christmas last week online. So it'll be out um, today. So today's message will be out for next Sunday. This is how we do it. So we film it today and it goes out. So. But I've started a series called Blessed and Highly Favoured, and every year we start with a series that God puts on my heart, and it's often from someone's life. And so we're starting a series on the life of Abraham, and Abraham's one of my favorites. I like it when God lets me do something I enjoy. <laughs> and I enjoy Abraham. I love the man. And so today we're going to start with this, this, this series on the life of Abraham. It'll go through to about Easter. There's a lot happened in the life of Abraham. 
In the middle of it, we have our, our anniversary, so there's a couple of weeks off there where we have guest speakers and different things going on. But, um, and of course, the big party and the Saturday all day and all this, oh, there's going to be a lot going on. We will tell you about it uh, within the next week or so. And I'm excited about that, but um, I want us to open our Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter 3. And I was going to go straight into the Old Testament, straight into Genesis, which is where we are going to be, because we're doing the life of Abraham. But Abraham appears so many times in the New Testament. He's in Romans, he's in Corinthians, he's in Hebrews, he's in, he's in all over the place. And he's in Galatians. Galatians really, really deals with Abraham, because it's talking about the law and the promise. And that's Hagar and Ishmael and Sarai and Isaac. And there's, there's a whole load of things there. So I'm going to really resist the temptation to have the next three months as Bible school. I'm going to resist that temptation. If you want to know all the real great, deep, deep and wide, all, all the stuff about Abraham and teaching and whatever else, you need to do academy. Because we, we absolutely go into the life of Abraham from the principles of faith and the blood covenant and the authority of the believer. And... Um, Authority is so very, very important. So very, very important. And something is going to happen in this series which is going to help us to understand the authority that we have in Christ. It's going to help us to understand the power of the blood of, of Jesus Christ and the, and the incredible covenant that we have in His blood, which is a better covenant. Amen. It's better. It's going to help us to understand the spirit of faith and you cannot be talking about Abraham without talking about faith. Because he's the father of our faith. And we're told to walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham. So we need to understand some things about faith. So let's get into this. Galatians 3. I know we're going to be going to Genesis primarily through this series. Because it'll be the story of his life and what he went through and how he went through it and, and stuff. But, but, oh man, I can't start without going to Galatians. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you... And works miracles among you. Anybody up for this stuff, yeah? Does he do it by the works of the law? No. He doesn't do it because you obey the law. It's because of the hearing of faith. Everybody say, the hearing of faith. Come on, say it again. The hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore no. That only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. Oh, I can't wait to get into some of this stuff. The gospel didn't start in Matthew, the gospel started in Genesis 12. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I want to explode right now. <laughs> Feel like, oh, I gotta get my handkerchief out and wave it a bit. <laughs> Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you, Abram, all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. 
I've made a great point already. The blessing and faith go hand in hand. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Go to verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. When you give your life to Christ, it's Christ in you and you in Christ. We are where the blessings are. We are where the blessing is. The blessing's not out there. It's in here. Because Christ's in me. And I'm in Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Today I want to talk about the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham. Now I do a whole series on the faith of Abraham, so I'm not talking about the teaching series on the faith of Abraham. I just want to talk about the early part of Abraham's life where he exercised faith. Because Abraham was known for faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith. We speak by faith. Faith is the undefeatable victory that overcomes the world. What is the world? Well, it's its systems, its sicknesses, its diseases, its poverty, its lusts, its temptations, its pressure, its manipulation, its mindset. It's values, that's what we talk about the world. The world is not a physical place, that's the earth. The world is a spiritual place. It is not a kingdom, it has no king. But we have been brought out of the world and into the kingdom of God. As we walk forward this year, we're in the kingdom. We're in the kingdom. We're in this world, we're not of it. We're in the kingdom of God and we are of the kingdom of God. Faith receives promises. Faith moves mountains. Faith heals the sick. Faith causes miracles, signs and wonders. Faith is the gift, the spirit that is given to all believers at the point you become a Christian. When you got saved, you did not put your faith in Christ. He put his faith into you. That's life-changing. You did not put your faith in Christ. You had no faith because faith is of the Holy Spirit. Until you give your life to Christ, all you have is trust. And you trusted in yourself, you trusted in your bank account, you trusted in your parents, you trusted in your job. You had no faith. You didn't put faith in somebody else because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you can only put faith in something when God gives you the faith and the faith that you put in is not trust, it is faith. I said I wasn't going to go to Bible school this morning, so we're not going there. Let me come back. But when you give your life to Christ and you trust in Him, 
and you submit to him, he takes out the old dead heart and he puts in a spirit of faith. That is the new spirit, is the spirit of faith. Because faith has to do with relationship. Faith has to do with how we live and breathe and walk and talk. Faith, we do all things by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is not trust. We need to throw that idea away. Faith is a conviction on the inside and a hearing of the voice of God from which place we walk. And we talk, and we speak, and we live, and we have our being. Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of fame of faith people, Abraham's in there twice. No one else is in there twice. He's in there twice. He's in there in verse 8, then he's in there again around verse 18, 16, 17, 18. Because there are two different things, two separate things in the life of Abraham. One has to do with the land he inherited and the other one is to do with the child that he fathered. Those were the two avenues of his faith. The land and the seed. The land and the child. The land and the seed. And faith was vital in both. Today I'm not really going to talk about the land and the seed. I just want to talk about that faith which he had. It says in Hebrews 11 verses 8 to 10, by faith Abraham obeyed. Everybody say obeyed. Obeyed when he was called to go out to the place. God doesn't call you out without taking you somewhere. And for a lot of people here today, perhaps God is going to call you out of something right now. Because you cannot go somewhere new unless you leave where you've been before. Are you with me today? Today is more than a preach. He was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Doesn't that make you all warm and fuzzy? No idea where he's going and leaves everything to get somewhere and he has no idea where he's going. You see, we want it all buttoned up. We want it all definite. We want it all concrete. Ah, oh, don't be foolish. If you haven't got an exit plan, then you can't, you shouldn't leave. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says if you know it's God, you better leave. You better obey. But Pastor Jay, I haven't got it all buttoned up. No, but if we trust in the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding, he will direct our paths. He will open doors before us. So often you don't know which door you're going to go through until you walk up to a wall and don't even realize there's a door there. That he would receive an inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going, but by faith he dwelt in the land of promise like in a foreign country. He dwelt in tents. He'd lived in houses, now he's in tents. Not in tents. In tents, in tents, no. He's in a tent. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and with Jacob, his child and his grandchild. The heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the, a city which has foundations, whose builder and whose maker is God. 2022, a year to leave the past behind. 
A year to leave old things. Perhaps some things need to be buried. Perhaps some things need to be left at the cross. Perhaps some things just need to be left in that thankful thing where you say, thank you God, but I'm moving on. A year to step into God's best, which is the blessing and the high favor of God. Every time you read the promise, again, I don't want to go ahead of myself further into the series, but the promise and the blessing go hand in hand. The promise is the blessing, and the blessing is the promise. See, your blessing has to do with your purpose. Hope you're getting something out of this already. So let's go to Genesis chapter 11 and read from verse 27 through to chapter 12, verse 3. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Three brothers. Haran begot Lot. Haran, he died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, and the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of of Iscar. But Sarai was barren, she had no children. Verse 31, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. This is before God ever called Abram. As far as we know. So they go out to head towards the land of Canaan. They came to Haran. Now Haran, if you remember, was the son that died. But now this is a town. And they arrive at a place. What a coincidence. What a coincidence that there they are starting to journey in, in, I believe, the promise of God and they come to something that brings up the past. And they arrive at Haran and they live there. So the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will, come on, bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So can you see, often we start with Genesis 12 and the whole calling, but there was a lot that happened beforehand. At this point, Abram was 75 years. He had 75 years of history. 75 years of history, which the Bible doesn't really give us a lot of insight into. There are other books that do give us insight into this period. Little bit, it's not truth, but it may be fact. I just need to make that clear. The Bible is truth. So never take any other book and put it alongside the Bible. No, it's always subject to. You with me? Okay. 
I got five points today very quickly. Point number one, leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. This is huge, actually. This is huge. This is, this, is, this is such a key. This is a key for why some people move forwards and other people don't. Why some people excel and other people seem squashed. Because they refuse to let go. They refuse to let go. They refuse to leave some stuff behind. It's such a stumbling block for so many people to keep people out of God's best. The enemy is really smart. He hasn't got any authority. Not in comparison to the name of Jesus. He's got all authority. But what he does do is scheme. Work on things. Work on circumstances. Work on other people. To get them to be a stumbling block in your own life. When the Apostle Paul said there was a thorn in the flesh, it was a person. Always a person. Scripturally, a thorn in the flesh is always a person. It's somebody who will pull you down. Somebody who will destroy your life. See, Abram, I'll call him Abram for now because he's not Abraham yet. Abram, A-B-R-A-M, Abram was the relational one, the steady one. The fa- his name means father. He's all about family. He's all about people. He's all about steady, security, stable. He's not the explorer. He's not the, ex- you know, the extreme one. He's not the one out there doing extreme sports and rock climbing and abseiling and parasending and, and jumping out of airplanes. That's not Abram. That was Haran, actually. Haran, who was the brother, his name means explorer, mountaineer. He was the one wanting to push boundaries. He was the one getting out there. He was the one who wanted to, you know, to to sort of address things. And actually where it says he died before his father Terah, it doesn't just, well, perhaps, I'll put it this way. um, It doesn't perhaps just mean he died earlier than his father Terah, but were right there in his presence. And there's all sorts of stuff that you can read into that, that actually could indicate that there was a whole family breakup that happened there and there was a real problem in the family. And as a result, Haran died. So this is not just he died young, but he died uh, wrong. There was a problem here. So this was Abram's family environment. Terah, his name means wanderer. Doesn't know where he's going. Go round and round in circles, dad. So he's got an aggressive, exploring, extrovert brother. And it ends up bad. And he's got a father who's wandering round and round and round in circles. Not the greatest environment for Abram. Also, Terah, they lived in Ur of the Chaldeans, and Terah, we know from history, used to make and sell idols. There's a lot of stuff you can get into with this. 
make and sell idols and there were family breakups with it and all sorts of stuff. And Abram didn't sit comfortably with all of this and used to confront some of this stuff and say, you know, how come this, why on earth would you worship an idol that we've just made? Didn't sit right with him. But Terah means wanderer, go round and round in circles. Never really get where you're going. Have you ever met people like that? Never achieve, never really get where they're going. Have great ideas, but never get there. Let's go to Canaan and stop halfway. Let's build a business and give up when you're setting it up. I don't know. Never really get there. Dream the world, but take a few steps and then you arrive at Haran and something stops you in your tracks. Why? Because Terah could not move on from Haran. Couldn't move on. It's very easy for me or anybody else to stand up here and just say, just leave it behind, move on. But for some people, this is, this is a massive obstacle. They can't move on from their divorce. They can't move on from the death of a child. That was his situation. They can't move on from a bankruptcy. They can't move on from a hurt situation in a church. They can't move on. Never on fire again. Never victorious again. Take that step back and that... On the, you know when you reduce inside... You step back and you think, okay, well, I, I used to give. I used to, I, I used to give my time. I used to pray big prayers, but now I'll just be a normal, nice Christian. Don't pray big prayers anymore. Don't dream big dreams. I won't believe God for a, a godly husband or wife. Because it all went wrong. And now I've come to a place that, you know, the enemy is so sneaky. He will remind you, just when you get going again, he will remind you of Haran. Just when you get going again, he will put you in remembrance of something that you regret. Some failure, some mistake, some regret. This is why I love Abraham. I love him. Because he was Mr. Don't Rock My Boat. Don't move me on. Don't tell me to go on a journey. I just want to live a happy life. I'm not the explorer. God is a bit like the Aaron and the Moses thing. Moses, I can't speak. I've got a stammer. I can't talk properly. I know how he feels. <laughs> use my brother. God says, no, I'm not. I don't use strength in flesh. I use strength of spirit. Same sort of thing here. Can't you use Haran? He's the mountaineer. He can go and discover new lands for you. And God's going, no, it's you, Abram. Because the qualities I want are not found in the flesh. They're ones I put in you in the spirit. Are you getting anything out of this today? What you won't let go of will eventually kill your vision, your dream, and your accomplishments. What you won't let go of will eventually kill your vision, your dream, and your accomplishments. You don't just let go. You leave it at the cross. You leave it at the cross. 
as we start this year in fasting, we come to the cross. We come to the cross. We will always glory in the cross. And we will leave stuff at the cross. Attitudes. Unforgiveness. Rejection. Insecurity. Inferiority. Fear of every kind. That's all what all of that lot is. Anxiety. Stress. Worry. Hurt. Pain. Sickness. Poverty. Failure. Rejection. Competition. Ungodly competition. Leave it all at the cross. Because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. What are we going to do? We're going to walk away. Let's all say that. Walk away. Why don't you turn to at least five people and say, walk away. Come on, this is, this is prophetic for some people here today. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Point number two. Obey the call. Obey the call. We read Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into the land. He obeyed. He obeyed the call. You see, it's great to have a time for a new season, which this is. Blessed and highly favoured. It's a new season. It's a new vision. It's a new victory. Whatever it is for your life. But Abram didn't just believe the vision. He obeyed the word. It's really important to obey your call. See, some people, they want the call to be an apostle. Oh, God. And they want some call with a title on it. Can I just say the call, first and foremost, is just obedience. Hello? It's just obedience. Obeying what God says to your life. I mean, how many times have we heard this said, and I, I sort of believe it. You can't find a Bible verse that says it, but I believe it as a principle. You know, people say, oh, I've not heard anything new from God. And people sort of say, well, did you obey the last thing you heard? Because <laughs> if you didn't, God's not giving you anything new. Did you obey what he last told you? Do you know that? I mean, I know that to be true in my own life. Obey. Abram obeyed, but he obeyed to go where he didn't know. It was the land at that point. God said, I will show you. I will show you. Future. So start to walk, and I will show you where you're going. Now, there's all sorts of personalities in this room. I'm the sort of person, I I don't know, if we're going to go for a drive, let's just go for a drive and see where we end up. But other people wouldn't dream of doing that. No, we need it all planned. We need the coffee shops mapped out. We need the restaurant booked. <laughs> I mean, Sharon spent the night in the car the other... She slept in the car the other night. Not because we had a problem at home or anything. <laughs> she just said to Stephen, this was during... There was, you know, she just said, we're going to Cornwall for a week. Stephen had never been there. Sharon's from Cornwall. So she said, we're going to Cornwall. We're just getting a drive and see where we go. And on the way there, Sharon said, can you, can, you find me? can you find me a campsite? She said, I'll be there in an hour. Something like that. I can't remember all the details. So there I am on the internet trying to find somewhere because she's arriving in Cornwall with a tent and a son. 
They just got the tent, didn't they? Had you bought it or did you borrow one? You bought it the day before. Borrowed it the day before. So anyway, I find a campsite and she goes there. And then anyway, so one night they, you know, they go to the cinema. She went to the cinema that she went to as she grew up. You know, the place she grew up. Just to watch, I don't know what you saw, but some sort of film. And then, and then afterwards, it was too late to find a campsite. It was like 10, 10 o'clock at night or something, I don't know. So they thought, well, let's just sleep in the car. But the thing is, they arrived in this car park, and it was like, shh, it was about midnight. Shh, be really quiet. There were some other campers there, you know, camper vans, like, you know, people pulled up. So she said, shh, be really quiet. She turned over and put her elbow or whatever, I don't know, her knee or her backside on the horn, and <laughs> beep, woke everybody up in the car park. Hilarious. That's the Abram spirit. <laughs> That's the Abram spirit. Go when you don't know where you're going. But isn't it interesting? Once he stepped out by faith and in obedience, God appeared to him. A place called Shechem. God appeared. He hadn't had an appearance of God before. He just had a word. See, when you step out in obedience, you go from glory to glory. You may have just had a word, but you're going to have an encounter. Hello? Come on, you got your catchers on today. You may have just had a word, but you're going to have an encounter. Why? Because you step out on the word that you got. And when he had the encounter, God said, this is the land. He went from, I'll show you, let's see how he gets on with this. And when he was obedient and just said, I'll just keep walking, I'll just keep walking. And then God turns up and God says, you're in the land. This is it. This is the land I'm giving you. This is the land I'm giving your descendants. He built an altar there. So we've had walk away. Now I want to say walk forwards. Look at at least four people and say walk away. away. Come on, walk away, walk away, walk away, walk away. And now tell the same people and walk forwards. Point number three. I love this. There is always a choice. There is always a choice. There is always a choice. He built the altar at Shechem. The word Shechem means shoulders. And it was a place in between Mount Ebal and Mount Geratzim, which if you know from the law, that was the blessing and the cursing mountains. You had to declare the blessing from Geratzim, I think it was, and the cursing from Ebal. It might be the other way around. I can't remember. Please, I'm not a heretic. But right in the middle was Shechem. And, and as I was going through this, I was thinking, you know what? We need to build an altar right in the place of our lives where every day we've got choices. And right in the middle of it is the wisdom of God. Right in the middle of it is the Word of God. Enthrone God in your choices every day. Is it this or is it that? Is it this job or that job? Is it this person or that person? Is it this work or that work? Is it this gift or that gift? Is it, is it this or is it that? Everything we do, let's have it firmly on the shoulders of an altar that we make with God. As we fast this month, let's make an altar in Shechem. Every decision this year will be a godly decision. Turn to someone, say, walk away, walk forwards. Now this one, walk in the wisdom of God's word. Come on, walk in the wisdom of God's word. Point number four, 
Refuse to be moved by what you feel. Refuse to be moved by what you feel. This is quite an introduction to Abram. We're going to go into a lot of specifics as we go forwards. But even though Abram did it right, do we agree he did it right? Terah got it wrong. Haran got it wrong. But Abram walked out and he started walking and he's building altars and he's in the land. But even though he did it right, bad things happened. Bad things happened. The enemy will do everything he can to steal your faith and your confidence away. Do not be surprised. You start a fast on Monday. Perhaps you're starting today. Perhaps you're going to do a whole week of no food. Perhaps you're going to do every Monday as, we, as we're going to be having prayer meetings on Mondays. Perhaps you're going to do every breakfast. Come on, we're going to do this by faith this year. We're not playing around with this thing. We're moving forward. Oh, I've never fasted before. We'll jump in. I used to work. I used to have a... The guy who was my pastor... To even be on his leadership team, you had to do a two-week fast, full fast. Couldn't do that. You're, you're, just, you're not fit for leadership. Whoa, okay. Sometimes we make Christianity so comfortable. We're going to do this thing. And as we move into this fast this month, don't be surprised if tomorrow all hell breaks loose and tries to stop you praying. Because your power is where your prayer is. See, the Lord Jesus got in a boat to set someone free and the enemy tried to sink the boat. Jesus had just preached his first sermon. They take him up a hill and try and throw him off. To shut him up. The word comes, the birds of the air. Try to come immediately, the Bible says, to steal. Something's going to try and steal what we've done here today out of your faith and out of your spirit. And we don't live in fear and in defense, but we are wise people. Amen. Keep your shield up. Keep your shield up in Jesus' mighty name. God said, this is the land. And you know what the next verse says? There was famine in the land. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? This is the promised land and everyone's starving. <laughs> are you sure you got this right? I thought I was coming into the blessing. Everyone's starving. Everyone's starving, God. Everyone's starving. So he goes down to Egypt, lies about his wife, because she's a stunner, and says, you know what? Don't say you're my wife, because he'll kill me and marry you. Say you're, you're the sister. So they go down and says, this is my sister. And so the Pharaoh guy goes, he's got the whole nation to choose from, and he goes for Sarah. I'll have that one. So he, you know, starts to take care of Abram because it's the brother. Starts to load him up and wealth him up and bless him up. And he's got all the, I mean, he's left everything. And now he's getting everything. And then God appears to Pharaoh and slaps him and says, leave Sarah alone. She's married. Pharaoh goes, what is going on? And says to Abram, and Abram says, well, I thought you were going to kill me. He says, leave. Leave me, leave Egypt. So he goes back up to the promised land of famine, but when he goes back, he's got donkeys and, and gold and silver. He's absolutely the greatest man now. Isn't it amazing that God will use everything? Come on, you're getting anything out of this. Oh, you're happy this morning. But Abram had a choice. 
do I go back to the familiar where, where I had a successful business or do I stay here in the land of famine? We also have at the same time strife happened in the family. Lot and Ab Lot's herdsmen, Abram's herdsmen start to, start to rebel and start to fight and argue. He had a choice then. I mean, God, I thought this was the promised land and we are starving and now we've got a war going on. We've got to fight. This, is, this seems anything but the blessing of God. But you've got to learn to look in the spirit and not in the flesh. You've got to learn to see that this is God's land. No matter what it looks like, I can change what it looks like. I can change what it looks like. I can change what it looks like. We got to walk by faith. Look at someone and say, walk away, walk forwards, walk in wisdom, walk by faith. And finally, as we close today, as far as you can see, you can have. Hallelujah. As a result of him sticking with the program, the promised land which didn't look very promising, the blessed land that didn't feel very blessed, God was saying, you know what? You are going to be the greatest world changer that ever lived. Because of you, Jesus is going to be born. i got to know that you're not going to be led by what you see, by what you feel. You are going to walk by faith in the Word of God and in the promise. I really feel that's where we are as a church. I really have a strong sense that God is saying, I want to load you guys up. I want you to change your world. But I got to know that you're not going to be moved by what you feel. You're not going to be led by what you see. What the news, what the spirit of the world is pouring out. And the world is screaming right now. They are destroying themselves in every way. The wisdom of the world is not the wisdom of our God. And in Genesis 13, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him in the land of famine, lift up your eyes now at the beginning of 2022. Look from the place where you are on the 2nd of January, 2022. Look north, south, east and west. All the land you can see, I give you. I give your descendants forever. Arise, walk in the land. Verse a bit further down. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width. For I give it to you. Today is a day to see as far as you can. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And if you read what he was talking about, it would have killed most people. For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen. We do not look at the things which are seen. We do not look at the things which are seen. But at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary or subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Can we close with this today? What you see with your eyes is temporary and can be changed. Don't get it confused. The things that you see are not there forever. If you can see it, you can change it. If you can see it with these eyes, you can change it. 
But the opposite is wonderful. What you see with your faith, you can have forever. So don't just look at the potential for this year. But arise and walk in it. Walk in it. I don't know what that means to you. To actually put your foot into the promise. He could see it. He had to walk in it. There's going to be so much through this series. We're going to get into a lot of this. If you see it, you need to walk in it and you can have it. Look at someone say, walk away. Walk forwards. Walk in wisdom. Walk by faith. Finally, walk in your dream. Let's all stand to our feet today, shall we? Did you get anything out of that? Is that a great way to start the year? I think so. Come on, let's lift our hands to God, shall we? We've already declared our fast. We've, we've set ourselves, we've set our, uh, our words straight before us like a ship sets its rudder. And Father, we commit to being people of faith this year. Right now as we come to the cross, and this is going to be over this month, as we come to the cross, help us to leave things at the cross under your blood. Never to be picked up again. To be let go of once and for all. Whether that's a mindset, a habit, a word that we keep saying, an addiction, a regret, an abuse. We leave it at the cross right now. And we lift our eyes from where we are. We separate ourselves from the strife and the famine. And as far as we can see, by faith, what do you want to show us, Lord? We want to see clearly. We want to see and we see as we hear. We see as we hear and Father, we open our ears and we pray you give us a hearing heart to hear your voice clearly whether that's a a command of authority and a shout almost or whether it's the still small voice that our ears would be sensitive and our eyes would be sensitive not to see things naturally but to see things spiritually in Jesus mighty name Amen. Come on, if you received anything, let's give God some praise. Turn to someone and say, walk in your dream. Walk in your dream.